So I grew up in the Bristol Bay, which is the salmon capital of the world. Uh, my family first lived in Manakotic, which was a really small village of only about a 60 people. And my dad was the only police officer in town, which didn't help my popularity. Um, <laughs> and um, I remember my mom saying, she was a very social person, and uh, she wanted to meet friends right away, and she said to me, Sarah, uh, we're gonna go down to the beach and see if any of the local ladies need help putting their, cutting up their salmon. And so down we went, and we get there, my mom introduces herself and asks if she can help. Uh, and then she pulled out her fillet knife, and the women all at once started busting out laughing at her. They thought it was like the funniest thing, and. And they said, what are you doing bringing a man's knife here? We don't use those. And they uh, handed her an ulu and taught her to fit, split fish the Yupikwe. Um, but when I was about eight years old, we had settled in Dillingham, which is the major hub of the Bristol Bay. And we were getting ready to attend the Noceum Festival, which is a festival... <laughs> It's a festival that happens towards the end of the summer every year in Dillingham. And um, I'm going to pause for a moment to tell you a little bit about my mother. Uh, she was amazing. She was always dressed to the nine from head to toe. Girl was done up. She always had the most perfect hair, the perfect makeup. And her signature move was she loved to wear bright pink lipstick and was rarely ever seen without it. And even though Dillingham had mostly dirt roads at this time, she almost always wore high heels. <laughs> so um, here we are at the festival and we're at the fish splitting contest where women compete to see how many fillets they can do with these salmon in 10 minutes. And so I'm, I'm watching and I see my mom go to sign up for this event and I see all these locals like, who this crazy bitch? <laughs> and <laughs> and she, she, they're, they're laughing at her because she's wearing these bright pink rubber boots that she bought from a Martha Stewart catalog. <laughs> and anyways, the, you know, the, the event starts, and before you know it, it's over, and my mom has annihilated every one of these locals. <laughs> And the, they, everybody was just shocked. Jaws were dropped to the floor. And my mom's beaming. I've never seen her so proud. And, and right then, my complete heart fell in love with salmon. Um, so not long after this, um, I became completely obsessed with salmon. And over the years, I've, I've been a commercial fisherman, a sport fisherman, and an avid uh, subsistence salmon harvester. I've also studied fisheries from a political and anthropological perspective. But my biggest salmon thing like that I'm just most proud of is the day that I made it to the fish cutting table. And that's because the fish splitting table is a very sacred place. It's where 
you have to earn a spot to be there. And it's where women get together and they tell their stories and they share knowledge and they laugh a lot. And I didn't know what the jokes were. Uh, so while other kids were sitting indoors playing video games or watching TV, I was penned to the table in the summer doing the grunt work uh, to get to the table. And that meant dumping the fish buckets and, and bringing fresh uh, water buckets to the, to the table and stirring the brine and putting fish in the smokehouse, you name it. And after eight, after many years, I, at the age of 16, I had earned my spot at that table and it was amazing. <laughs> Finally, I was in on their jokes and their stories and their knowledge. I could laugh with them and I, I got it. It was great. And I thought of all of us, we are the queens of Bristol Bay. Uh, so later in life, of course, you have to go off to college and I'm a few years into college and, and I'm actually studying fisheries bi biology and, and um, I, I, I heard about the proposed pebble mine for the first time and I quickly read everything there was out there about the mine and I knew if, if if I, if my, fa if we didn't get back to Dillingham and start fighting this mine, we're going to lose our way of life. We're going to lose our salmon. So at the end of that semester, I packed up my things and I moved home. And my community and many others have been helping us fight this mine for over 10 years now. And we haven't given up and we haven't lost hope. And we've had a lot of ups and downs and even some great times along the way. Like once, you may remember this, a, f uh, a few years back, the, the Alaska State Fair gave us the green light to finally have a Wild Alaska Salmon Day. And so my girlfriends and I had come up with all these ideas that we want to happen at the fair, and one of them we thought, oh my gosh, like a fish print table where kids can paint fish, and we print it on a shirt, they get a memento, and their parents get a break from their sh sugar-ridden children for the next half hour. <laughs> and so the night before we're heading into Anchorage, we are going over everything and making sure that everything's together when we realize, oh no, like none of us have any whole salmon for these kids to parent. We, we've already processed them and put them away in our freezer. So we're like, no problem. We're gonna get up super early and do sport fishing and catch a bunch of these fish. But y'all know how that worked out. Ain't great. Uh, so we, we do manage to catch two silvers before our plane's about to take off and we head into Anchorage. And on the plane, they're like, we're like, no problem. This is Alaska. We got this. Like, uh, we'll figure it out. But sure enough, um, we didn't. And uh, <laughs> keep in mind that we're a bunch of bush rats who are in the big city trying to find our natural habitat, which is water and salmon. And we finally get a tip that there are some creeks out in Girdwood that have uh, fish spawning in them. And so we're like, this is perfect. So we drive out there. By the time we get there, it's pitch black dark. And we jump into the creek and manage to actually catch a bunch of humpies with our bare hands. And we shove them in a trash bag. <laughs> And we head back to Anchorage, and um, we shove them into the mini refrigerator in our hotel room, and we're like, all right, time for bed. So 
We wake up the next morning and our room smells god awful. It is terrible. So we open, we bravely open up the fridge and open up the bag and it is just full of spawned out, disgusting, rotten humpies that we didn't see in the dark and we're like, oh no. So <laughs> um, after putting our massive brain power together, we decided to go buy some herring at New Sagaya's for the kids to print. <laughs> and you know, the event, event ended up going great. It went off without a hitch. Everybody had fun. The queens have pulled it off, and uh, it was just a great event. So in closing, I just want to say that, you know, the reason that I'm not giving up on my fight against this mine is because I know that we have to. We have to be out there protecting Alaska's most precious resources, which are our clean air, our clean water, our fisheries, our wildlife, and our people. We deserve this. And also... I want to ensure that future generations can always have the ability to find their way to that fish splitting table and earn their right and become queens. And I know if my mother was still alive, she'd be standing right here next to me in her big high heels and her one of a kind bright pink and no pebble mine t-shirt. Thank you.